0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a certified Reconnective Healing Practitioner, sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Our chat room is open, so feel free to join the discussion that's already happening online now. We do keep an eye on the chat room, so if you have a question, go ahead and post it. We will do our best to get your question on air. And as an alternative for those of you who are on the go and you cannot continue to listen online, please feel free to call us directly by dialing 347-202-0227. And that way you can listen via phone or please be sure to use your Bluetooth if you're driving about. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. With Audible.com, you can actually listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want, and you can get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. So be sure to write that down. It's www.audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. Oh boy, today we have a very different and interesting show and it will make your heart soar and it will allow you to engage in a vision held by two people along with the new Pope, Pope Francis, as he tries to change the church and the world for the better, I might add, in a loving, caring, heart-filled and purposeful way. So even if you are not one who is a follower of the Pope or Catholicism, Pope Francis is To me, not just the People's Pope for Catholics, he is really a people's person and a leader, and there is so much to be learned from him by all living beings, everyone, regardless of religion. It doesn't really matter. My guest is Bruce Davis, a globally respected psychologist who has spent the last three decades promoting the inner peace that was the cornerstone of the lives of two saints, Francis and Claire of Assisi. He and his wife, Ruth, began leading retreats in 1983 and eventually came to open the Assisi Retreat Center, which was called one of the world's 10 best by both Travel and Leisure Magazine and CNN. And today they operate Silent Stay, which is a new retreat center on a stunning hillside near Napa, California, where many people go to turn off their electronic gadgets and tethers for meditation quiet, and inner exploration. And Bruce is considered one of the world's leading authorities on the gifts of silence and living a simple life. His best-selling books include The Magical Child Within You, The Heart of Healing, Monastery Without Walls, My Little Flowers, and The Calling of Joy. And he is currently a frequent contributor to Huffington Post, as well as a host of other spiritual and ecological publications. And on today's show, we're going to be discussing his most recent book, The Love Letters, St. Francis and St. Clair of Assisi Meet Pope Francis. So let's welcome Bruce now. Bruce, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you being?
2: I'm doing great, and it's fun to be with you. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yes. (laughs) book, uh, The Love Letters, is it is so very eloquently written. It's such an eloquently written work of fiction. It is thoughtful and inspiring, and it just made my heart smile. I could actually feel a peacefulness come over me as I read the book. I found it to be very stress-relieving, and that's not typical when one reads a book usually. Completely captivated by the romance the, the silence, the, the holiness, if I can say that without really getting religious or anything. And, and I truly enjoyed the smile that it brought to my heart. Francis is, of course, a new pope, but the get-go, everyone knew, just feel the grace and the gentleness of this man. He's a full man. And he is, of course, the name Francis from St. Francis of Assisi. So did that have anything to do with how you came to write this book? him becoming exactly. exactly. My wife and
2: I just lived in Assisi, Italy for 12 years, which you know is the home of St. Francis of Assisi, and it's mm-hmm. one of the most peaceful places in the world. It's a very special place. And it's in the middle of Italy on top of a hillside, science, a little town, and people from all over the world, all religions, they go there and they feel the simple peace. Now, those who have been to Rome, who have visited the Vatican, is probably the exact opposite. The Vatican is a place of power and politics, you know, big marble buildings, and it's not a little village of simple peace. So it was very interesting for us that suddenly there's a new pope. Instead of being a traditional pope and all the names and all the things that go along with it, he calls himself Pope Francis. And so we were really inspired could there really be a Francis in the middle of the Vatican which is all about power and politics and rules and you know and telling everybody what they should do because St Francis was exactly the opposite he was open to everybody loving everybody and he found a great communion with nature and with the poor and so we were inspired to do this book a conversation between St Francis and Pope Francis
1: it is amazing because when he became pope, it will, I think it stunned the world because I think everyone knew there a shift, there would be a change just based on what little we knew about this man prior to, to taking taking the position. I don't really know what to properly call it, or to becoming pope. And it just seemed like it wasn't going to be all about power and you will it will be dictated. It seemed. Uh, the give and take there seemed to be a reciprocity in a, and that is exactly where this man comes from it's almost as though he is saint francis just living in in the present time do you get that feeling as well i mean you must being you know living in exactly, I mean, the in rome
2: we wrote the books the book in the first few weeks when he came into office and nobody knew you know we could tell he was humble and down to earth And he would just be with the poor people And be with normal people And he was not impressed with all the You know, the prestige and the fashion And all, you know Living like the normal Popes normally live But as it turns out, you know He's washing the feet of women and of Muslims He's visiting people Mm -hmm. in prisons He's calling people who are sick And asking, how are you doing? I mean, he's really there for the people And that's who St. Francis of Assisi was But meanwhile He's still living in a very conservative environment And the people around him uh, The curia and the structure of the church Is very conservative very, It hasn't changed much in hundreds of years if ever. And so we don't really know what's going to happen And that's why we wrote the book Because one man cannot change the church Everybody has to support this idea of more humility And more service and more love And that's where the real change is going to come from
1: but don't you notice that sometimes, I notice this, that sometimes, no, I'm going to say, I dare say all the time, <laughs> all the time, you cannot change, one person cannot change everyone, but one person can change themselves, and therefore it's like a domino, and it goes down, and people change because of that.
2: Exactly, exactly. So he is setting a new tone. He's mm. inviting each of us to look at the prayer of St. Francis, which says, Lord, make me a heal- an instrument of healing, of peace, of joy. Lord, make me an instrument. And just that, uh, that prayer, just offering that tone, that's a totally different church than the church that says, you're wrong and you should be doing this, and we accept this, but we don't accept that. I mean, it's a different tone. It's a different feeling. It's a different way of, uh, of being with each other. And so he's setting the tone, and now it's for the rest of us to become our own instrument in the best way we can. And that's, how, that's what's going to change the world.
1: Yeah, and he's definitely a much more compassionate person, a much more compassionate pope. In that, he really puts himself out there so that people can see who he is, his authentic and true self. And those are overused words sometimes, but for this man, he really is living a life of gratitude, a life of humility, a life of just giving and serving. And that is is so wonderful to see. It's so refreshing because it's rare. It's very rare, and to see that at the head of the church that has, you know, let's face it, the church has had a lot of trouble times recently. It's going to take an awful lot to turn that around, you know, and and you're right. It won't take one man, but it, it will take one man to take the lead and then have it ripple down, if you will, so that other people get that, you know, okay, you can live like that, and it still can be good. Actually, it can even be better because you're living from within instead of without.
2: Exactly. You know, it's a difference between the church of the heart and the church of the mind. You know, mm-hmm. and the, unfortunately, not only the Catholic Church with most religion today, is so much about the mind, and we've left out the heart, which includes compassion, forgiveness, service, gentleness, feeling safe inside, and ultimately God is a God of the heart. You know, it's love. It's what we find inside of us. So if if the country and our culture is going to come back to a a renewal, to revitalization, where we value each other and value life, it's going to be the religions have to help out and be more of the heart and less of the mind. And he's a special man. And he's like the Dalai Lama. You know, there's many great people these days that are calling us to come to our heart and be more loving and less judgmental.
1: Yes, I was going to liken him to the Dalai Lama as well because even though he's head of the you know, the the Catholic Church, it's that's not he does that but he also puts it out to everyone. It's not like he's saying, We we're the only way and this is the right way and everybody else is wrong. He's not doing that. And that's so surprising to see because Typically, each religion is, no, this is the way it is, and everybody else is wrong. And to be honest with you, from my perspective, we don't really know. (laughs) You know, until you die and get to the other side and see what's there, none of us, we all could be wrong, but we all go right. To me, it's semantics, you know. It's all the same. It all leads to the same thing. It's just that you're calling it something different. But I know people don't look at it that way. But he tends to, to look at it as the whole world instead of just this group of people.
2: Exactly. I just wrote a column for the Huffington Post a few days ago that the future, future church, we will look at the big mind, the, the whole picture. You know, we relate to everybody and, like, try to be, you know, one human family, even though we are different groups and we have different religions and so on. And then there is all these comments to my article. Well, you obviously are not reading the Bible and you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And there's it, all oh about this small mind. And uh, it's just disappointing that we can't get out of our small, self-righteous mind and open our hearts to something bigger because the world is too small. And it's time to go beyond our differences and see what we have in common. And there's a big need for service, and uh, we all need to be part of that service to each other.
1: And appreciate, you know, instead of doing the comparison thing, do the appreciation thing. When you start to compare and say, you know, this is better than that, or I'm better than that person, or they're better than me, take out the judgment, add the discernment, and your equation equals appreciation, and then grow with that because that's uplifting instead of taking yourself down in either judging yourself or judging someone else. And I think the, the Pope doesn't do a lot of judging like that. He's a very forgiving – He's, you know, when you see him come on TV, you, you want to see what he has to say because he's not – is, you know, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say boring, but some of the other people who speak, you know, they can be somewhat boring, and he is not. He always has something, something to say that's purpose-filled, that we can well, all to, to understand be honest, and the, gain from. To be, to be
2: honest, the old style is we're right and you're wrong. And no matter what right. group is talking, they think they have a monopoly, we're right and you're wrong. And most of us are tired of that argument. You know, it just doesn't go anywhere. It's much more beautiful to see what's right in every religion, what's there's something right in every group. And this idea that we have all the answers and then everybody else should be joining our group, I mean, it's just old-fashioned. It's just not true. And many people have left the church and have left religion in general because they're tired of this old style. And they're much more interested in what brings us together and how we can support each other and going into our hearts and finding really peace of our hearts because that's God, is simple peace. It's not our arguing in this self-righteousness that our group has the answers and you're missing out on the answers because the answers right. really are in the heart and there's something, it's something that's beyond words. It's really something beyond religion, as you said a few minutes ago. It's something bigger inside of us.
1: Well, and I think you capture it well in your book. I really do because I have to say with each letter – there was, not to, you know, I'll quote Oprah here. There was like this aha moment with each each and every letter. There was something that just, it, I can't even explain it. It just takes over and you, it, something hits you and you have this realization. And it's like, yeah wow, that's really cool. That's really true. And, and I'm reading through it and I'm thinking this is a wonderful, you know, story between uh, St. Francis and St. Clara of Assisi. And you seem to have this, I don't know, innate or inner knowledge about these two two saints, Did you, were you studying them for years? What was it that you found so interesting about these two particular saints that drove you to, to write this book?
2: Well, we actually lived there for 12 years, and we've been going there for another 20 years. So we spent a lot of time in the monasteries and gardens of St. Francis and St. Clair. And what was special about them is that they were normal people. They were just human beings with all the same fears and doubts that all of us have. And they just went deep into their heart and found this big love. And so St. Francis and St. Clair, they changed the church. St. Francis with his big communion with nature and with God. And St. Clair started the first woman's order. She was really an independent, beautiful, free woman and started the first woman's order. And so by going deep in their heart, they discovered a lot of truth and trust, humility, gentleness, and innocence. And so they had this big bond between them. And so that's why we spent so much time. And I'm a psychologist. And I found that people need a spiritual life. They don't need a religious life necessarily, but they need a spiritual life. And so I was bringing groups and people to Assisi to visit the saints, St. Saint Clair and St. Francis, to experience directly what is a spiritual life. And it's all about peace and going into our hearts and spending some time in silence and nature. And so the book was really easy to write because we've been there for so many years. And when you're in these places, St. Francis is talking to you. And St. Clair is mm. there sitting in her garden. She's sitting with you in the garden saying, listen, stop. Just feel the peace of the garden. God begins right here in this piece. And so it was very easy to write this book and it was a lot of fun.
1: I I can see that, oh yeah, your heart and soul is into this book, there's no doubt. I mean, this is really very, I I, I can't even begin to explain how it makes you feel. It's hard to put it into words for me. I'm not an author, so I had difficulty trying to figure out how to actually say what it does to you when you're the reader, because it speaks to your heart. It's like St. Francis and St. Clair, there is the most wonderful love between them, and and that's a love that's really not captured by many today, and I think that may have a lot to do with how we get so caught up in life and we don't take the downtime to be the love or feel the love or see the love. I think, I think it can be captured by people if they open themselves up and allow themselves to, to look for it beginning within themselves and feeling it reach out to others, because once you feel it within, it feels so good, and to, to put the love out there and give it to others is a very wonderful feeling, and it's a great way to live from a, a point of gratitude. Have you found that your retreat center, Silent Stay, do, have you found that that's brought these values out in people or to others, and is that the goal of the center, to do that, to help people to, to, to foster this type of living?
2: Well, we found there's very specific steps to getting into this place, what we call love, or getting into this open place inside. And the first step is when we make a retreat, we unplug. You know, we're so plugged in these days to all the stress and media and everything we have to do that literally there's no room inside for love. We're just getting through the day. And so mm-hmm. when we make a retreat here, we have two centers, still one in uh, Sicily and one here in Northern California. The first step is for people actually to take the step and to unplug. And then you begin feeling, wow, you know, I just, it's just too much all the time. And so as you unplug, the peace and the quiet of the retreat right away begins washing away and clearing some of the stuff we carry. You know, we carry so much that we're not even aware of it. And then we help people go into the silence, and the silence helps us find a place inside of silence. And once you find a place inside of silence, There it was the presence of love. And most people, they have so much noise in their head. You know, it's going so much with all the media and the radio and the TV and everything else that there's no silence. And so Francis and Claire, and interesting enough, Pope Francis, his formation was also in silence. As a Jesuit, when they're doing their training, they spend some time in silence. And so at least silence, making retreat, is a big part of spiritual formation for both St. Francis, St. Clair, and Pope Francis, and people of no religion. They don't need a religion to enjoy peace and quiet in nature, but that's part of the requirement. It's just slowing down our busy mind and finding more of our own inner quiet. And then as we begin receiving the inner quiet, it grows. And so that's a secret of retreat, is actually not worry about all the things that we normally worry about, but to practice receiving peace and quiet. It's actually a muscle and, inside of us to receive peace and quiet.
1: And it's a muscle that needs to be flexed and worked in the way that someone would actually, you know, like we do aerobics or, or walking or whatever exercises that we do, going to yoga, whatever it is, you need to really work at it in order to do that to start with, and then it becomes easier. But I think people have trouble natural. sometimes. Yes. and then I, But I think people have trouble sometimes culture, because they figure they can't in, do in it. In our
2: culture, we're... In our culture, where are we taught to just sit and enjoy peace and quiet? There's nowhere. And even in right. the churches, they're usually talking all the time. There's maybe a one- or two-minute pause for peace and quiet, and then they start mm-hmm. up again. And in schools, they, can't, they never stop, you know, because they're afraid, well, this is meditation. We're not allowed to teach meditation. So people are never really taught how to just enjoy peace and quiet and beauty, simplicity, openness, just being present. These qualities, we have to learn them. In our culture, they're sort of like a foreign language.
1: That's very true. I I believe that that's very true, that people do have great difficulty with that, and it's foreign to them. That's why they have difficulty. They don't know how to do it. But I also think there's an uprising of people looking for this because they're starving. They're thirsty for this. They're hungering for it, and they they need to do something because they're realizing that they are extremely stressed. And as you said a few moments ago, and they don't even realize how stressed they are. They don't know what's doing it, and they just don't get it.
2: Exactly. That's why we started these centers in Italy and in Northern California, a place of real peace and quiet. And you, normally you have to do some program or you have to be Catholic or Buddhist or so you have to be something. We have no, mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not related to any particular religion. All kinds of people come just because I need peace and quiet. And it's amazing within a couple of days how different people feel. It's just it feeds, it literally feeds the nerves just to have real peace and quiet and to practice receiving our own inner peace and quiet. And that comes from being in an environment where we're not totally bombarded all the time with noise and having so much to do.
1: It's very true. Sometimes if I walk into the house and, and I'll, the first thing I'll do is, you know, turn on the TV to see what the weather is or what's going on in the news. And I've recently said, I don't need to know this. I need to just walk in the house and appreciate the fact that it's really quiet in here and there's nothing going on and sure there's the hum of, you know, the appliances or whatever, but there's literally nothing else. But when I really notice that it's quiet is as crazy as it is, is when the electricity goes out and I really appreciate the fact that, okay, maybe there's not heat or maybe there's not air conditioning, but listen to how quiet it is. And and I've said that to people before and they say, listen to how quiet it is. And I said, yeah, you really, you need to listen to that. It's very cool. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah it's more than cool because that big quiet what we're feeling really is a quality inside of us of big quiet and that's how saint francis and saint Clare and many people who never became saints are famous they find their mystic their inner mystic or their inner monk or nun or whatever word you want to call it that's real mm-hmm. spirituality when you open up to that big quiet there's a quality to it that is um uh, It's really beyond words. There are no words. It's just a big space, a big emptiness in our hearts that's not scary. It's beautiful. And so that's what people find when they make a retreat. They can find that big quiet. And when you find that, we find another part of ourselves. And then we look at our personality and all the difficulties and challenges. We still have them, but they're not so big. We see it differently because we found something inside of us, which I would call our big quiet or our big mind with no thoughts, no failures, just this big presence. And so you're cool. You're far out. You just have to wait for the electricity to go off, and you get it. Or you go into Mm -hmm. nature, and you can find it too, usually.
1: Well, absolutely. yeah. Once once that happened and it hit me that I really like this silence, I learned to go find it elsewhere because the house did have the hum, but if I sit outside I live in a lake. If I sit outside and I can hear the birds and the animals and everything, and a lot of animals come to my property. I mean, I've been told I'm Mrs. Doolittle, and I'm like, no, I'm not Mrs. Doolittle. They just like it here. I don't know why. <laughs> but I'm good to them. <laughs> so, you know, you can hear all that silence, and the deer will come within three or four feet of me, you know, and it's very it's very interesting to to see the animals the gentleness of them and to actually hear that silence even in the snow when it's a gentle snow i will literally go outside to hear that silence because you can it, it's you hear the snow falling but there is nothing like the silence behind that that you can hear it, it's, it's exactly. a strange quality but it's beautiful
2: the silence of snow is like the sacred silence i miss it we don't yes. have that but the a snow where we live now so somehow i have to get to snow but the silence of the here. snowstorm or after the snow, I will. It's just there's something <laughs> sacred about it, and that's what's missing today. And I think that's yeah. what Pope Francis and St. Francis and, all, and the Dalai Lama, they're calling us to come back to find something sacred because life is precious. Life is sacred. And if we don't have this quality, we're just busy and we're just in stress.
1: Absolutely. And I love the way that you said sacred silence. That's, that's a beautiful phrase. I'm going to steal it from you and use it. <laughs> we can spe- together. Thank you. That's great. Yes, we can share it together. We are speaking with Bruce Davis, author of The Love Letter, St. Francis and St. Clair of Assisi, meet Pope Francis. You can learn more about Bruce by visiting his website. And Bruce, I hope I have this right. This is what I got from your publicist, but I'm not so sure. www.silentstay.com, is that correct? Exactly. Okay, great. So everyone, go ahead and write that down so you can check it out after the show, www.silentstay.com. And just as a reminder, Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, so there's really no excuse to not go to the site and check them out. Many of the titles are people who we've had as guests on this show, including The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, uh, The Courage to be Free by Guy Finley, A Message of Hope from the Angels by Lorna Byrne, and of course, Dr. Bernie Siegel, who has been a guest here numerous amount of times. He's a wonderful friend. I just love him. All you have to do is go search for his name, and you'll see a number of his books on audible.com. There are so many books available from so many different authors, and the best part is you can listen to audiobooks on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now, and if you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash energyawareness, you will get one free audio book along with a one-month trial of the service. So write that down as well, www.audibletrial.com slash energy awareness to find books that are of interest to you. There are so many out there. You're bound to find a number of them. We appreciate all of our listeners and we're so grateful for your support. So remember, the site is www.audibletrial.com slash energy awareness. You know, Bruce, a few minutes ago, you, you mentioned that uh, people have an inner mystic of their own and your your book really is all about the inner steps of mystics of all religions. So do you want to tell us about, a bit about those those steps?
2: Exactly. You really caught the real story. The real story is not about Francis and Claire and Pope Francis. The real story behind the book is, to, is for you and me and normal people to find the inner steps to our inner mystic. And that's what people are reading. We have Hindu and Buddhist friends. All kinds of people are reading it, like, slowly, one day at a time, because the letters are really a step-by-step guide to coming deeper into our heart, deeper into our truth, to our inner mystic. And um, so the plot is letters between Francis and Clara thinking about the new pope. But that's just the plot. Underneath the plot is the real story. It's a letter written to you, from me, and to all of us. You know about coming closer to our real truth and to our inner heart. Because in most religions today and in the education and in graduate school, there's no one teaching or talking to our inner mystic. And we each have an inner mystic. We just need to know the steps and how to open to it. And it's, it's mostly how to enjoy it and receive it. And so it's cool that you got the real book because that's what the story is about. I, it's really written trying to talk to people like you and myself, hey, we're on this journey together.
1: It is written to the reader. There is no doubt in my mind. Uh, It it absolutely is written directly to the reader. You get that. And I I know that you know, the inner mystic is not limited to a few chosen people because I've had discussions with people and, and they've said, well, how's the book? And I said, you know, it's unfortunate that I have to read it quickly for the show to get the questions I want to ask out. I'm going to have to go back and read it again because I'm getting a lot out of it, but I know I'm missing a lot. And it's, it's a short book. It's a hundred pages long, but you do want to savor it. It is something to be savored and to truly take in because there's so much in it. And I, I believe that it is being spoken to, to the reader. You know, I don't know if you thought that would happen or not, but it, it does. Have other people told you that? It speaks directly to them?
2: Yeah, but it's a challenge these days. It's a small publisher, and it's really thanks for your support. It's really word of mouth that gets the book out there. You know, more and more bookstores are closed. And the big bookstores are run by big publishers. It's very hard for small publishers even to get a book into the big into the big bookstores. I mean, and uh, and so I appreciate your support. That uh, that's sort of what the book is about. It's us normal people supporting each other to find our own path, our own inner mystic. And it's word of mouth, and it's one copy at a time. And um, and people like you, they help us get the word out.
1: I, I think it's a it's a very, as you said, people read it, you know, daily for guidance or slowly as a guide, and I think that that's probably true. If you, if you looked at this book, most of the letters are, let's say, two to three pages long, and some of them are one page, but you could literally say this would only take you a month and a half to go through if you read one letter a day. The problem is you read one letter, you want to find out what the follow-up is. You can't do that. (laughs) It's really hard to do that. So you can read it slowly, but you want to find out what the next thing is. And I just... I looked at it and I thought, you know, I've been very fortunate the past few weeks in having a lot of good books on that speak to the reader. And, of course, the holidays are coming, people. It is September and, you know, the holidays are going to be here sooner than we think. These are great books to write down as gifts because they do teach so much. And I think a lot of people are thirsty for this knowledge and looking for it. And I just can't. I wish I could really put into words, Bruce, exactly what it did to me as I would read the books. I could literally feel my body relaxing. I mean literally. That's not normal for me to be reading a book and feel that because usually, as I said, I'm reading it for the show and I want to get the questions developed and, and make sure I know what I'm going to talk to the author about and see where it goes. Sometimes the question's asked, but you know, because we just have a discussion. But this one, I could literally feel my body just totally relaxing. I I, I don't even know what it was, but you captured everything, you know, through the letters. I think it would do it for everyone, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I don't think that, I think other people probably have felt the same way. Have you gotten that kind of a response?
2: Well, most people are not as big-hearted and open inside as you are. But we found that anybody who's on a spiritual path, it doesn't matter what religion, we have Buddhist friends and all kinds of friends, they really enjoy the book because it supports this space inside of deep silence. Mm-hmm. And when you read the book, you feel the deep silence more. And then that silence is a presence. And so Francis and Claire are talking about, as best they can, this silence inside of us, this big presence. And that's what life is about. It's not so much what we do or how much we have or how important we think we are. Life is how much silence we find in our heart. And so Francis and Claire are writing about this big love, the love of the inner garden. And so anybody on a spiritual path, they get it. I know there's a garden. There's an inner garden. And so the book is trying to speak directly to that inner garden and say, let the roses grow. Don't cut them. Let them grow. Mm. Because that is your spirit reaching deeper inside of you. And that's God giving you all the love you need to sit in the garden. And so the book talks like that to support all of us on our spiritual path.
1: And I think what it does too is when you as you read through it and you, you progress through your day, whether you I tend to read, you know, at night and as I progress through the following day, I don't know what happens when I fall asleep, maybe I process everything I read, but I I do know that after reading, you know, a portion of it, I'd get up the next day and I would realize that it's okay when someone speaks to you to take time to to respond to them if you need to think about something and actually be in silence. And it's okay to say, well, I need to really think about that further instead of just saying yes or no and shutting them down. And and it's, it makes you less, less reactionary because you can only think about what you read. And I don't even know that I'm actually consciously thinking about what I read. I think somewhere it hits me somewhere else, and, and you just know that, well, it's okay, you've got to cut people slack, and you have to, you know, let people, everybody has their own stuff going on, and it seems to make you a little bit more forgiving and a little less reactionary toward other people, and you kind of get into your day and get, I find that I'm getting a lot more done, and it's only been because I've been reading this book, and I just started it over the week. I, you know, I read it on the weekend for the show, so I know that there's a lot going on, and I think that it, would happen for a lot of people a lot of people listening to this radio show you know it's a spirituality-based radio show and so there are a lot of listeners that listen to it if they want to just open up a little bit more without a lot of effort your book seems to do that there's really no requirement on anyone's part other than read the book and see where it takes you
2: exactly the book was written in a way hopefully to touch all of us no matter what our background is Because ultimately, spirituality is not about the words, it's not about the form, it's about the substance. You know, and what you were saying about the day, that your day becomes more open and more meditative because of books like this. I think we need these kinds of books because our culture is so mental and so stressful, and so everything is so fast and so plugged in. We need a balance. We need retreats. We need some meditative time. We need to be reflective. And that opens up a bigger place inside of us. And when this bigger place inside of us is open, then no matter how much is going on in the day, that part of us is still present. And that's what I hear you saying, that even though you're really busy today and getting everything done, there's another part of you that's still present. And that part of you is beautiful and that's your inner garden. That's your that's your big space inside, that's your your spirit or whatever word you want to call it. Your heart. it's
1: interesting because it's not like you lose time or waste time because of it either. It's almost like you get more time because you're just in this flow and things are just moving along quickly and they're becoming easier to do and you're getting things done. I've gotten a lot accomplished. I have to say thank you for that, <laughs> you know. And I, I also have to say yes, we do need books like this. But Bruce, in all honesty, I mean, I've been doing this for five years now and reading a book a week. There is no other book I have read that has done to me what your book has done in that I read it and I, I just all of a sudden start to relax. It's like I can almost feel my body melting. It's, it's almost like it's, I look forward to it at the, in the end of the night, I'm going to just read a few of them. And then I read a few more and then I have to put it down because I know I need to get up the next day at five o'clock and start my day. And I just, It does that. So if more people write books like this, well, yay. But I have to say, audience, this is the first one that's out there that does this. You need to get this book because it's truly, I find it to be magical. It is, there's something magical about it. Whatever, if you were channeled by St. Francis, if this was given to you, I don't know, but it's very eloquently written and it's just beautiful and it does something that no other book has done. And, you know, it is on amazon i know it's there it is something that's easily obtained you can get it from that type of a seller or a local bookstore if you go in and ask for it they can order it and have it in in two days and get the book it's something that i think everybody would probably benefit from greatly and i mean everyone it doesn't matter what religion or anything like that but to get back to the church for just a moment you know the church has had troubled times and and pope francis is doing such a Great, making inroads, if you will, uh, in, into what he wants to see for the church. How do you picture what the church would look like if it were really serving the world and, and opening the hearts of mankind?
2: I just wrote this big column about it a few days ago in the Huffington Post, and it went viral. It was over a thousand likes, and all these people mm-hmm. were like, "Who are you to say what the church should be like? You know, are you reading <laughs> the Bible? Or are you doing this and you doing that?" And the first thing it will be is that we will stop judging each other and just appreciate each other and open to the big mind. You know, the book is called The Love Letters, and it's written on purpose. That's the title, The Love Letters. We should be writing each other more love letters and less criticism and sarcasm and judgment. And... Uh, I just have this inspiration that we'll have this prayer, Lord, make me an instrument. That Imagine if that became the prayer for more and more people of all religions. It's not like, Lord, make me rich or, Lord, make me powerful mm-hmm. or, Lord, give me a new house or this or that. Lord, make me an instrument of love, gentleness. Lord, help me bring more joy. And if we all went to our people in our house who are having a difficult time or a neighbor or, you know, I've been reading another book lately and this man says in his book, I have a quiet ministry, I think it's a great way of putting it. We all have our own quiet ministry. Now, you're doing a great work on the radio because without people like you, there's no way I could tell what my book is about, you know. But most of us, Mm. we don't have a radio show. We just have a quiet ministry. I wrote the book. A small publisher took it. It's only been sold a few copies. It's a quiet ministry, and we see what happens. But that's what we are called to do. And so hopefully, and the Pope in his own way, he's doing, even though he's the Pope, He's doing very simple things. It's a quiet ministry. You know, he's taking time for one phone call, one letter, one person he meets in the street. And I think that's what it's about. We're all called to a more quiet ministry, and we're grateful to have a few people like you who are not so quiet, and you're putting it out to the world.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I have an Irish whisper.
2: (laughs) Well, we need more Irish souls like you
1: Irish whispers. Yes, I'm Irish Polish and actually uh you know, as a child, uh, brought up in the way that you said God in Polish was um uh oh, I just lost it. I can't oh, Borgia. And so in the morning, when I wake up, I'm like, okay, Borgia, what do you want me to do today? How can I serve you? Has anybody asked you how you're doing? What do you need help with? And then I start my day. And and I talk to them like I talk to anybody else. You know, I talk to spirit or whatever, like I talk to anybody else. But when I begin my work on, I'm an energy therapist and a a sound therapist. So when I begin working on people, when they come in, the first thing I do as I put my hands over them is to myself, I say, thank you, God, for making me an instrument of your peace. Because I know it is not me that's doing anything here. I know energy therapy works. There have been too many trials, uh, you know, done through the National Institutes of Health who I work with, and, and I know it isn't me. And I, I'm amazed at the results that come from it. And I know that it's just because I'm a conduit. So I always say thank you for making me an instrument of your peace. And I love that you say, if we all ask, how can I be an instrument of love, peace, serve, or whatever, that's a great, that's a great prayer. That's a fabulous prayer. Well, I,
2: know what, I know what you say is true. Because when we use the word instrument, we're opening something more inside of us. And yeah. normally people that just are using their mind, their self-importance, their training, their technique or whatever, and that's all personality. And it's fine and there's good information there. But there's a bigger part of us that is not our personality. It's more than our information. It's more than the technique we have. And so when you say the word instrument, you're opening up to, you know, the big, violin or the big flute or the piano, this big space inside. And so it's allowing another part of us to be present. And that's why it's such a beautiful prayer when St. Francis said, Lord, make me an instrument. Um, it planted a seed in all of us that to open to this big emptiness, because from this emptiness, the music really plays. From this mm-hmm. emptiness, mm-hmm. we find the real silence and presence that is deeper. And so when you're a healer, I'm sure you're helping people because you're touching them in that place of this big space. And that's basically the problem, no matter what the illness. People are tied up in knots. You know, people are in stress, yes. and they need to be loved. They need to be hugged in this big space. So I'm sure you're great. I can just feel it. Because you yeah, are an I, instrument. Because you are an instrument in those
1: moments. Yes, absolutely. That's That's exactly what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And I will say, too, um, it's called the love letters, and these truly are love letters between two people. And and people were asking me, well, were they like having an affair? And I'm like, no, (laughs) not that kind of love. You know, it's the true love, the love between people, the real love, the love within yourself. It's what you feel that you put out to other people. It's that love, which is so much more intimate because it's about yourself and it's about giving to everyone it, when you're having romantic love that's that's a totally different intimate type of you know, closeness and everything, but this is so, there's you know, so much more to this. I, I do love the fact that you named the book The Love Letters because it's so very true. I honestly didn't know what to expect, but when I, when I started to read it, I said, oh, this is what this is going to be good, and it is because it's, it's the true love within of our spirit, our soul, and from once we came. Does that make sense?
2: Totally makes sense. You know, in our culture, we think of love as like, well, were they sexual partners? No, we always think so physically. And even yeah. people who have sexual partners, a lot of times there's not much love because there's not much gentleness. There's not much openness. Right. We, don't, we can't really just be with each other and receive each other. And I do a lot of couple and family counseling through the years. And the most important thing is to receive each other. And that's mm-hmm. where the love comes, to receive the unique presence, the unique inner beauty, the unique... Uh, instrument that each of us are and that's what St. Francis and St. Clair did they are one yeah. of the most famous love relationships in, the, in history but they never had a physical relationship
1: but mm-hmm. they they
2: were on this path of the heart together and that's love, now they share this deep path of the heart and to sit in the garden of the other they would sit together and people thought there was a fire in the woods there's all these stories and it was just Francis and Claire looking into each other's eyes because there's such a deep bond, this deep love of receiving each other. And so the book is really sharing that love that Francis and Claire found, and hopefully we find it in ourselves, because we all have the same human heart waiting for it to be received. And that's the magic. That's the power of it.
1: It is the magic and the power, and it's when, when we're talking about you know, a relationship that is a sexual relationship, there, that can be one thing, because it's totally different than love, but when you get to the love part, and even between these two, to me, it's a communion. It's a communion of souls, and when you have that, whether it's physical or not, it is an extremely beautiful and wonderful feeling, and it's, it's, it's euphoric. It's just that euphoric because you're actually communing with this other soul. And it's not just my body and your body. It's talking to each other or whatever. It's not like that. We're just driving these physical beings that we have. We're inside. Our soul is inside. And to me, it's the communion of that soul to the other soul has nothing to do with the vehicle that we drive, a little mobile home that we call a human being body, you know.
2: Exactly. And people are looking for their soulmate, but they don't realize the soulmate begins inside of us. That we mm, need to mm-hmm. open to the space. We need to open in the space inside of us that you found in the silence. That you find this big space inside. And then you go out in nature and you take a walk or you go out down to your lake and with the animals and the birds and you have a sense of communion. So people are looking for their soulmate, but it, that's not how it works. Our soulmate is found by first making a retreat, unplugging, and finding this big space inside. And then we begin finding this, we share this big space with each other and with nature and this communion. But, you know, you can fall in love. People fall in love all the time, but it usually lasts only a few days or a few weeks mm-hmm. or a few months because the personality gets involved, and I want this, and I don't like that, and you like baseball, and I can't stand baseball, and, you know, and I'm not going to take care of the kids. You must do it. You know, the mind is so busy that the soul gets lost. And I thought you were my soulmate. Well, I don't know what happened to the soulmate. We're just arguing with <laughs> each other all the time. And the problem is that we need to make a commitment to our own inner silence and this sense of communion that you have when you go down to the lake, or each of us have our own way of feeling this communion. And then when we meet a partner or a friend, or like Francis and Claire, they were real soulmates because they were committed to their own soul, which means this big silence, this big space, this beauty without end that's inside our hearts. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger because they supported each other in the commitment. Now, in our culture, there's not much support. So people are out looking for a soulmate, but even if they find it, we so quickly get busy and judgmental on what I like and what I don't like, the soul part gets lost. And so it takes books and support and good people like yourself and groups or our good groups, you know, and hopefully the Pope reminding people about humility and gentleness and service. He's opening a space for more spirituality and less judgment and less rules. So we see what happens, but it's up to each of us to become first our own soulmate and then we become more then we find more soulmates in the world
1: and i think the way one of the tools to do that is to read this book because it certainly does allow you to get to that point it certainly does bring that forth up in you it will there is something about it I I just don't know the words I know there's probably words that I just can't grasp and and explain what it does to you but it will change you and it will give you something you didn't think you had or maybe I mean it it was something I didn't expect because I thought well you know I do this stuff. And then I realize, wow, I, don't, I guess I don't do enough, you know. I'm like, this is really different. It was a much more uh, an uplifting vibration that I could literally feel. I cannot believe that we're almost at the top of the hour, Bruce. And I want to thank you for joining us here on Energy Awareness Radio. But before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you and your centers and where they can purchase your book?
2: They can find the book on Amazon.com, and please, you're one of my best fans. Nobody talks about the book as much as you just did, and I appreciate (laughs) it. So please, you could go on Amazon and write a review. That helps. We need all the help we can get. I do that after every show.
1: I do that after every show every Only Mm
2: -hmm. a few hundred copies have been sold. It hasn't sold Mm -hmm. much because it's a small publisher, and it's really hard these days to get the word out. So people can find the book on Amazon.com. It's called The Love Letters or they can find all of our books at silentstay.com. And we, we, we hope the book touches people, but we also really want to encourage people to make a retreat, you know, just to get out of the stress of daily life and find this big space of silence and peace. And they're open to do it with us at silentstay.com where we offer retreats in America and Italy. And if not with us, find some place just to get out of all the stress and the rat race because life is too short. And if we don't find this big silence inside, we've not really found a special part of ourselves. So we hope people mm-hmm. will look us up at silenceday.com and be in touch with us. And I want to thank you for our show. You're great. It's fun to meet you.
1: Oh, it's fun to be have you here. I, I, really en- I, I mean, I really enjoyed your book. I loved it an awful lot. Have you sent a copy to the Pope? I mean, I think you should if you haven't. <laughs>
2: Now, we, a lot of people have asked, have you sent a copy to the Pope? We sent it to some, one bishop, and he just sent us a formal letter back that we appreciate your gift to the church.
1: do the think where
2: you opened the book. And we gave mm-hmm. the book to the head of the Franciscans in America, and he didn't even write us back. And so uh, it's really going to take people like you with a heart who understand what we're trying to do, and we all do it step by step. And we see
1: what exactly. happens. Exactly. Oh, so listeners, you know, we need you to spread the word too. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you don't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate more easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show that you just heard to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so that they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all as well. Again, Bruce, thank you so much. Just hang on the line for a couple of minutes. I'll finish the outro. We appreciate so much your time, taking time to share and be here with us. It's been a wonderful show from our perspective, so thank you. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. So go ahead and get out your calendar and make a note of it now so you remember to tune in. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting throughout the year, including upcoming singing bowl concerts if you're not in the area or you can't make a concert you can order my CD Imagine from the site as well and I just I'm releasing a new CD on October 1st called The Healing Sounds of Christmas they are traditional Christmas carols being played on a quartz crystal harp which is a newly patented Instrument Actually, it's not patented yet. It's it's still patent pending, and only a few of us in the world own one, and the music is beautiful, so you'll be able to check that out after October 1st. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRGAwareRadio. That's at NRGAwareRadio. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
0: I got a little on my head. I, I got a got a mind that can't stay. There may be times when I lose the light and let my spirit sink, but I can't stay depressed.
3: When I remember how